You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You know what we like? We like when we come on a podcast on a Monday morning, for instance, yesterday, and we tell you awesome Purple Daily listeners and viewers, hey, we're doing a fundraiser this week. We are uh, we're calling it the power of sports, score North's power of sports to benefit the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. And our goal is to raise ten thousand dollars. We like when you guys help us raise over seven thousand dollars on the first day of the week. You know what I sense? Oh, get the flag. Let's go. I think our listeners and viewers worthy of the flag. Let's go. Awesome, awesome start out of the gate. We appreciate you. So just to for some details here and some Viking specific stuff. So over at scorenorth.com slash bid, that's scorenorth.com slash bid, we have all kinds of amazing sports and show-related experiences up for you to buy. There's buy it nows. There's items to bid on. And then you can also just make a general donation as well. And all proceeds go to benefit Courage Kenny, which works with, uh, works with children and adults who experience life-altering injuries and disabilities. And so right now, just on the Vikings related front, uh, there's two items up for bid. One of them is the Monday night football purple daily experience for ninth row tickets to see Vikings Niners on October 23rd and a $200 gift card to red rabbit plus purple daily pint glasses and koozies. So that is up for bid right now. And then there's also dinner with us dinner with the purple <laughs> daily crew at Red Rabbit, uh, dinner on us, by the way, are uh, courtesy of Red Rabbit. But you do bid to come hang out with us and to uh, and to have dinner. Once you once you get there, we will pay for dinner. Just so you know, in case that's <laughs> unclear. Uh, but that's up for grabs right now, and then a bunch of other cool experiences. There's still, I believe, some Pearl Jam sweet tickets available to hang left. out with Declan. Yeah. yeah. Yes, on August 31st. So scorenorth.com slash bid judd is a wonderful dinner guest okay you guys oh, will have yeah. a great time yeah. it'll be great he'll remember your name maybe we'll see and red rabbit you cannot yeah. beat it middle cedars too judd and judd mackie judd declan middle cedars it's a whole curb your enthusiasm episode so we'll be in the middle seats we'll be in control of the conversation it'll be a great time it's my favorite spot I love Red Rabbit, so this is great. Yes. <laughs> if we have to swap out the yet. middle seat yeah. halfway through. So did I ever tell you guys about the time that I was – dude, you got to move. <laughs> you got to move. You're not a middle seater. So if, you want, uh, if you want the full Purple Daily Curb experience, uh, yeah, you can bid on dinner with the Purple Daily crew. So thank you for the great start. Let's keep raising money for a great cause here all week long. Scornerth.com slash bid. Today's show, Judd's Camp Notes presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity 
through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. All right, Judd, the camp notes have just been fire the last couple weeks. We expect we today will be no yesterday. different. We oh did an God. hour off a weekend of practices coming off the Seattle game yesterday. Don't have an hour today, but we do have anticipation. Vikings are off today. They basically went through a walkthrough on Monday because we have back-to-back, the first of two weeks, joint practices. The Titans in town for lengthy joint practices, 11.45 to 2 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday. The Arizona Cardinals will then be in town next week um, in anticipation of a preseason game that I don't think is going to be nearly as interesting as the joint practices. So here's what I've got for you guys today. I have six different position battles, not all starting spots, but depth spots as well. Six different position battles going into the joint practices um, that I think are going to be cleared up at least like right now we anticipate who is going to win jobs. But I think that these joint practices are going to go a long way towards either um, securing jobs for players and or flipping them much like a vote, flipping them. Can you flip the backup cornerback? Can you flip? Can you flip the defensive line? So let's get to that. And for all the coach speak that we get, I do believe uh, when Kevin O'Connell said on Saturday, these are going to be the most important weeks of camp. I buy it. Like these are going to be huge. And these joint practices are huge. The preseason games will be big for young players and guys trying to make the bottom of the the roster. But these joint practices are going to separate things. So I've got six of them. Are we ready? Oh my god! I don't. I don't know if I'm ready. I, no, okay. I okay. We'll have to get ready real quick okay. here. Camp going, because the camp notes train does not stop. No, it does not. It stops for nobody. And just remember, if you want the truth about what is taking place in Egan, you come to Purple Daily and Camp Notes. Okay? Because we're, right. we're not gonna we're not gonna paint a rosy picture if there is not one. We're gonna give you the honest truth. I want to start at running back. Obviously, Alexander Madison has the top job, but there is still an outside chance that there is a battle for the second spot. Now, Ty Chandler, incredibly impressive or impressive. Incredible. He's probably too strong. Uh, he was impressive on Thursday. <laughs> he's pretty impressed. He's yeah, he pr- pretty he was impressive. impressive. Yeah, incredibly kind of impressive. impressive. I, I didn't need incredibly. I'd like to apologize. I'd like to walk that word back. I'm recalling Mildly impressive. Mildly yeah. impressive. I'm recalling yeah. that, that word on X. Uh, Ty Chandler, though. And here's the interesting thing. And I'm very curious about to see if this guy is back this week. Kane Wongwu, who has not practiced in like 10 days, 14 days. And... If you recall when the first unofficial depth chart, and of course O'Connell, like every coach, said, don't t- take this with a grain of salt. It means nothing. But when the first depth chart was released before the Seattle game, Kane Wangwu was the second back. And I told you guys coming out of spring practices that I thought Kane Wangwu had a chance to beat out Ty Chandler for that job. No. If Kane Wangwu is not on the field for these practices, I guess I I guess. I wondered a couple of things. One is I do think that he's going to make the team. So I don't think he's in jeopardy of being cut at all. But I do wonder if we are looking at him not starting the season on the active roster. And the other thing is, yes, Ty Chandler, that's great for him. But do you then pull the trigger on bringing in a more established, because there's a few of them out there, running back? um, Because at some point in time, if Wong Wu continues to miss practices, like you can't rely on, on that. And, and I do feel like the running back depth chart 
the depth in that room is not fantastic, which is why Kareem Hunt came in for a workout last Friday. So very interesting to see what transpires here, because if Wang Wu is out Wednesday and Thursday, I think you're looking at at least at least toying with the idea of bringing in another body. And just to be very clear, Dwayne McBride, in my opinion, the seventh round pick is a practice squad guy. So he's not even at this point. You're 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 running back, fullback number for the fifty three is probably four right now, right? And it's yes. it's uh it's Alex Madison, CJ Ham, Ty Chandler, and then Kane Wangu if if he's healthy. Yes. But then but then like let's say you do go forward. You brought in Kareem Hunt for a visit. Let's say you bring Kareem Hunt in and you sign him. He's not making the team at the expense of Dwayne McBride because right now, unless I'm wrong on this, I don't think Dwayne McBride's part of the four. Does he make the roster in place of one of the other guys? Well, that's what do I'm they, saying. Do they, would they boot Wangu off if they think that like Powell can return kicks? If he continues to not practice, I don't think that they necessarily cut him. I think that there's an off chance that they IR him for the first mm-hmm. part, you know, because that's what now, three four games because mm-hmm. it used to be it used to be back in, in the day that if you put a guy on IR before the season he was out for the entire year and then I think it went to like four weeks and now I think it's down to three um, but the only other name and a guy that was brought in after a training camp started was from the from the um, what DC Avengers of the XFL is it Abram the defender Smith. the DC defenders or the well, Declan's the XFL guy defenders. yeah what, what defenders defenders okay the the defenders okay okay so abram smith is there as a body i don't know like he's got some chances not a ton but i just think that that this is a very interesting predicament because while i agree with the decision to let cook go uh one it's looking more and more like to start the season although we didn't expect this i think that there is a chance madison is to start the season a bell cow type of guy because Mm -hmm. of the lack of depth but second is, if they don't want that, I don't know that they have that room complete yet. So these next two days are going to be sort of a a referendum first on how Ty Chandler just practices. But second of all, if Wong Wu's not there, I think at some point they have to say, okay, there's a chance he's not going to start the season on the 53. Would you guys sign Kareem Hunt? No, there's too much baggage. I wouldn't put a, a no. Uh, I mean, I, I don't love He's not good enough still. I would say he's better than Ty Chandler. He's better than Dwayne McBride. Oh, yeah, he's better than Dwayne McBride for sure. So, I mean, from that just a personnel standpoint, he would be the second best running back on this roster right now. Uh, I, I think uh, I think Declan's right, but I also think at some point you're going to need someone to come up from that young crop. I would rather yeah. see Ty Chandler get a shot to be the second running back. You're not getting a five years ago version of Kareem Hunt. Right. So I'm I'm very 50-50 on this, but I'd, pro- I'd probably lean no. And the, the most important thing, too, is I think that we assumed that uh, Dwayne McBride had an excellent chance to make the roster. So he would have been the third guy as far as running backs go in that room. But after watching him now, he's not prepared to play. So th- this is as much um, a question of if Wang Wu's not set to play, you need another body. And is yeah. Abram Smith that guy? Or do you go outside again i just i think it's really hard to talk about your culture shield and your culture and this and that and bring in kareem hunt well keep in mind he has only touched at least carries wise not reception so i'm not going to add this up but only 200 carries the last two years 
So it's not yeah. like, he, I mean, he had a bulk in this rookie year and then he had the issue. He got cut, but it's not like he has been this bell call for five, six years. and There's too much mileage on the tires. Like there is still enough there, in my opinion, that warrants bringing him in. But then, but then if you start to look at like, that's one way to look at it, that he, it's not like he's been carrying the ball 300 times, but then if you look at his, he's under four yards of carry last year, even in limited carries. And I think his yards per reception was like six yards per catch, which is awful. Even for a running back, like running backs are going to have lower yards per catch than receivers. Cause most of the balls they're catching are like from the line of scrimmage, but I'd, I'd want to know how much of that is him just not being the same guy versus Cleveland being a train wreck last year. And then yeah. Deshaun Watson coming in later, but like th- that was not a good football team. So, but that's why the Vikings meet with him to figure out how much gas do you have left in the tank there? Are you still an ass? Are you still committing crimes? Yeah. What is your problem? We have a culture shield here. Do you believe in our culture shield, Kareem? Anyway, so that's the first one. Number two of the sixth is another depth b- battle, which is clearing up. And I think right now that there is a clear leader in the clubhouse, but that could change. And that is cornerback number three. So it's essentially a starting job. When the Vikings are in the base nickel, they're going to have um, a Caleb Evans outside, I think, on the right. They're going to have Byron Murphy Jr., who will start on the outside in the base defense. But where when they're in the nickel, Byron Murphy Jr. is going to move inside. And that brings us to Makai Blackman or Joan Williams. Now, Joan, who was signed as a free agent and I think was the second round pick of the Patriots a few years back, but has very limited starting experience, opened training camp as a starter. Makai Blackman quickly overtook him and has mm-hmm. been impressive, but he's still a rookie. And so I think that these practices against the Titans and Cardinals are going to go a long way towards can we trust you? Can yeah. we trust you to hold can we trust you in week one when Mike Evans and I, I know that uh Baker Mayfield is no great shakes, right? But in week one, when you've got some pretty good receivers, can we trust you? So I think that the next two joint practices and the Titans, the Titans got some talent here um, are going to go a long way towards, you know what, let's pull the trigger and start the rookie or let's be safe here. Joan might not be great, but we at least deem him to be more reliable. So I think this is a chance for Joan Williams to get back in this race and possibly short term, try and overtake Makai Blackman again. Is it fair to say that both Blackman and Williams have been better in training camp than maybe you would have anticipated with with Williams being kind of a uh, like a falling stock, former second round pick, and yeah. then Blackman being a rookie? Yes, yes, because Blackman has been superior to Booth and Booth is a second round pick with with, uh, yes, an injury history, but a year in the league and Blackman is a third round pick who just got here. So yeah, Yeah. he has been, and and Blackman's got talent. I guess my point is this, when you're going against though, when, when you start going against receivers um, on opposing teams and teams are strategizing to pick you apart, what's your response then? Now, the one good thing that Blackman and the rest of the corners get is they do take daily snaps against Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne. So they do get valuable reps against a receiving core that is probably stacks up as one of the best in the league when we're talking about three deep. But I think that these joint practices are going to give Brian Flores a pretty 
good read. And I think something else that's important to point out is I don't think Brian Flores cares who you are. I don't think he cares like, oh, this guy was a second round pick or you I think Brian Flores cares about one thing. He was told to fix this train wreck. And the only way to fix the train wreck is to do what you see fit. And you might have just answered the question, but the question I would have is like, why has a Caleb Evans been the one that has flashed the most out of this group? Because like, if you would have told me beginning of OTA's training camp, like I would have had him behind Booth. Um, I would certainly not have him as like a lock to be a starter. I feel like it's tracking that he is a lock to be a starter. So is is it just him answering that question basically of Brian Flores saying that he's, the best of this bunch so far and i think it's two things i I think one yes and talent plays a role but i think another big thing is and and this is where scene has fallen short do you know the system inside and out do you react quickly are you in the right place you might get beat but are you in the right place um because if you're taking gambles if you are in the wrong place i think with a guy like flores you just can't play and so i i think what I would say on a Caleb Evans, and I agree with you, Dex, I think he's got a starting spot barring injury lockdown. I think it's the reliability. I think that's the most important starting point. And then can you make plays off of that? But there is definitely something about Booth and Scene that they don't trust. And I don't think it's that they're talentless players. In this league, you have to be exactly where you're supposed to be. And I think that's what a Caleb Evans does really well. Yeah. Yep, it's. Uh, I, I think you're right. It, it is uh, in terms of like this week being a big week for these cornerbacks. And it's great that you get to go against Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison in practice, but going against another team that is running maybe a different scheme and different, like it's just, it's a whole different experience for some of these players than than what you're getting uh, against your own team. So I'm I'm very excited to start watching that Wednesday and Thursday for these joint practices. All right. Mm-hmm. We got uh, the the third position battle out of six here. Number three is actually one that is going to be because I sat down and and did these last night. And at first, I'm like, "Is this important?" And then I said, "Of course, it's important, sports dad. <laughs> this is football we're talking about. Upper echelon football, a 13 win team, wide receivers two and three. Okay. okay. Well, okay. Now I think it's going to be." Justin Jefferson, one, Addison, two, Osborne, three. But KJ Osborne's a good player. Don't dismiss dismiss him. I I mean, I think Jordan Addison has more God-given gifts. But KJ Osborne, time and time again, has popped up. Now, you might say, well, Judd, they're both going to play. I mean, look at last year. 11 personnel, baby. 11 personnel means three receivers. Yeah. But this team's going to use more 12 personnel, oh, a running back go. and two tight ends. So now oh. all of a sudden you're down to let's do the math. Today's today's number here on Purple Daily from the count is two, One, two, 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 three, two. So this is going to be this is going to be interesting. Now, I think it's Addison and Jefferson um, and including the preseason game against the Seahawks on Thursday, Addison has done nothing to make me think that he can't run routes crisply. He certainly has great hands. And I think he has, I think he has the attributes of an immediate starter, but again, KJ Osborne's there. KJ Osborne knows the system right or wrong. Kirk trusts him clearly trusts him. So I do think it's going to be now, if Addison falls to three, I think it's going to be a Jefferson thing where about two or three games in, he goes to two. That's the first one. The second one, wide receiver number five. 
And it's much like the running backs. So in my opinion, Brandon Powell is four. Brandon Powell has, has this teammate. I think really? he's got this teammate. Oh. Yes. Yes. Hold on. I that's, a, a, that's a, that's a, I feel like I that's a, a declaration shooter. that we haven't. Yes. He's going to not gone that. We have not gone that far yet. Okay. I'm going to go with, he has this teammate. Okay. All right. So okay. wide receiver five is this Jalen Rager or Jalen Naylor, who still has not practiced that this is a lot like the Wang Wu thing since yeah. the first practice. And there is a chance, I think now with the way things are tracking that Naylor doesn't begin the season on the active roster. He might be IR'd. I don't know what he's dealing with, but it's clearly like they thought he'd be back by now and he's not. Yeah. That's going to give Rager, who's had a very up and down camp, because when he looks good, he looks good. When he looks bad, he runs th- the wrong routes and drives the head coach crazy. So unless there's a young receiver that they really like that they would consider IRing Naylor, cutting Rager and keeping, I think these next couple practices, joint practices, will be very important as well as the preseason games for if Jalen Rager makes the 53 out of camp. All right, I want to add some uh, some seasoning here to your oh. wide receiver oh, speculation. Yeah. So, yeah, you do one area that we haven't really talked about, but you but you you've I think diagrammed perfectly that they're going to run more 12 personnel uh than they did last year. The, you know, th- that Rams offense that Kevin O'Connell came from, the Sean McVay, that was the heaviest 11 personnel, meaning one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. There was a lot of 11 personnel for the Vikings last year. They want to get heavier. They want to put mm-hmm. Josh Oliver on the field in place of a third wide receiver. Hawkinson kind of acts as a third wide receiver too. So you, you can play that 12 personnel instead of having three wide receivers. You have two wide receivers with two tight ends instead of one tight end, but you don't lose a lot in the passing game because again, TJ Hawkinson is a great pass catching tight end. But with all of this is the Vikings running, uh, the Vikings running game last year was really just blah and mediocre. Forget about the fact that Dalvin ran for 1,200 yards or whatever it was. On a rate basis, uh, almost everything about the Vikings running game was underwhelming. I don't know who on the receiver side is going to emerge as a as a run-blocking wide receiver. Like, there are times in Adam Thielen's career before, you know, the Vikings said goodbye to him, that he was one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. Now, the last couple of years, it's dropped off a little bit because he's not the same... He can't get out there as quickly as he used to. I mean, Adam Thielen, the first five years of his career, he had, so in, I would say this, in three of the first five years of his career, he had PFF run blocking grades of 91, 89, and 84. And then the other ones were respectable too. He was legitimately, and we watched it with our eyes, right? Justin Jefferson is actually the currently the highest graded run blocking wide receiver that the Vikings have. He's like, above average compared to the qualified wide receivers. I want to know between KJ Osborne, who has not been a great run blocking wide receiver, according to pro football focus and Jordan Addison, who in the couple looks that he had in that preseason game was not impressive. Right. Yep. I actually think it's going to be more about which one of those two guys can run block on the edge, the most reliably that guy is going to get more snaps as the number two wide receiver early in the season. That's my thought and opinion. Interesting. What was uh, Brandon Powell's run blocking grade with the Rams? Do you have that? Let me. Uh, I have, give me one second okay. here. I have no idea. So, so Brandon Powell. Let's see here. Um, 
Let's just bring up his little run blocking. Brandon Powell last year graded very poorly as a run blocker. Yeah. Uh, he had he he's largely a very poor run blocker. You also have to keep in mind Brandon Powell is five foot eight and like one hundred eighty pounds. Yes, he doesn't have really, yeah. the the arms and the length. Need. I mean, yeah. Thielen's not a huge guy, but Thielen has longer arms than that. Yeah. So, and Thielen's Thielen's like a well. He's not like a he's a well put together guy, right? He's probably twenty pounds heavier than Brandon Powell. I hear you. Some of it's want to. Some of it's like, are you five eight? <laughs> Right. Good luck. Good luck getting well, out there on a six foot one cornerback or a linebacker or whatever it is, right? And I, I guess if you are in twelve personnel too, and Hawkinson is out there with Oliver, there is a case to, to be made that they can each take a, you know, each take a side to help out a bit as well. But yeah, that, it, it's a great point. Like we don't talk about that enough because the importance of run or the importance of blocking, especially downfield, by a receiver is huge. In fact, when I covered the team back when I was the <clears throat> lead beat writer for the Star Tribune back in the day. That's lead, L-E-A-D, lead beat writer. I once, yes. I once did a story uh, with wide receivers, Coach George Stewart. I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday was wide receiver blocking day, and, like, the receivers hated it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they would work on, and they absolutely hated that day. But there is a huge premium put on, on that. And that's a really good, good point. And um, I'm going to just guess off the top of my head, Jalen Rager, not a great wide receiving wide receiver blocker. Uh, let's, let's look it up. Let's be okay. fair to Jalen. Hold on. I think, I think he'd probably be playing more often in his career yeah. if he was right. Yeah. And that's okay. attention to detail thing. And I don't know that his, I think part of his problem is attention to detail. Let's where like Jefferson here. is Mr. Attention to detail. Jalen Rager as a run blocker, according to Pro Football Focus, he has not been graded above 59 and a half yeah. as a run blocker in his career. Yeah, that's attention to detail. It's also just like it's not as a receiver, when you spend time in the offseason, you know, what are you devoting your your pie chart of things you practice with right. your personal trainer, or whatever? Route right. running, footwork, quickness off the line of scrimmage getting off of jams, like route running, everything, you probably don't practice run blocking much. It's just something that something to start doing. (laughs) Well, if you're a guy like Rager and you want to make the team, there there is a gap here. If if, if somebody can step up and I mean, dude, they signed Josh Oliver to run block, right? They're they're actively looking for guys that aren't offensive linemen. They expect those guys to run block to help them spring 20 yard runs, which they couldn't do last year. He is a massive, massive man. Yes. Josh Oliver is absolutely huge. He is, All right. Uh, he is large, yes. Are we at halftime of the position it battles is here? And, and what I would like to do right now is call my own shot. I would like to go off script and call my own shot. Because are we prepared to talk about my friends at Finch Home Solutions? Are we prepared absolutely. to talk about the fact yes. that if anything goes, if you have an electrical issue that finch van and yes that is very gallahorn like is going to show up meet me beep beep in front of your house and you know what cody and his team are going to get out of that van and they're going to come into your house and they are going to fix whatever is wrong i'm talking about from like a light socket or or something so so small they can fix that or i'm talking about the potential if you've got an old home of rewiring your entire home there is no project too big there is no project too small and i'm going to tell you right now they are fast they're efficient they are courteous they are going to take care of the problem and uh be done and they are going to do it extremely quickly the the whole experience 
is just absolutely no hassle. And coming from Sportsnet, I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to experiences, hassle sucks. Finch is all about no hassle. And right now, a free electrical uh, panel inspection that can be done by Finch or $199 for a home safety inspection. That is important, too. It's as simple as this. A phone call, 612-357-2604. And now you're saying, Sports Dad, you are an old geezer. I don't make phone calls. I like to go online. And I got an answer for you, FinchHomeSolutions.com. FinchHomeSolutions.com. Fill out the form. Finch arrives. They do the job. FinchHomeSolutions.com. And, of course, tell them the guys from Purple Daily who are at halftime of their position breakdowns sent you. Yeah, let's take you on a journey here. So now you've spent the morning maybe feeling accomplished because you just had Finch Home Solutions over to your house, right? They fixed whatever needs to be fixed, and now you're hungry. It's time to go to Burger Press in Edina. Okay, we've seen multiple Purple Daily listeners have sent us uh, pictures and video of their trips to Burger Press in Edina, owned and operated by homegrown Minnesota sports fans, by the way. This is an independently owned restaurant. It's not a chain and the food is unbelievable. The burgers, the Nathan's hot dogs, maybe uh, maybe you grab some some of those wings, crispy chicken sandwiches. You got to try the milkshakes as well. Oh, yeah. um, just fantastic food off of 494 and France Avenue. It's burger press. Look at the look at for the YouTube audience. The cheese just dripping off of those pressed burgers. You yes. talk about the hot dogs. Oh, those Nathan hot dogs. Don't tempt me. So good. Mm. 494 on France oh. Avenue, Burger Press in Edina. And when you're done with that, as the journey continues here, maybe wash it down with one of those Before I Die lagers from our friends at Surly Brewing Company. That is a fantastic idea. Look at that. Somebody was by the pool enjoying a Before I Die. I'm going to guess that was out in the suburbs. I'm going to guess that was our friend. Does that friend. can know how to swim? Just be yeah, careful. Where's the life preserver? You thoughtless. You know what? Anyway. Um, football season is here, and that means the Before I Die mission has started again. Training camp going on. We are, what, less than a month now until the regular season starts. Before I Die, it's the mission at Surly. It's the mission of this show. And we're starting to see cans again. But I encourage you, show us your cans. It might be a Before I Die. It might be Furious. Whatever it is, at Jay Zolgad on X, I want to see your cans enjoying it because football season is back. Fall is coming soon, but that means only that Surly's beers are more delicious. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Let's go. All right. All right. The second half now. So we've, right. so we're going through these these tight position yep. battles. We talked about RB2, CB3, and WR2, 3, and 5, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now it's time to get to the other three tightly contested position battles. All right. I, I think we're going to get into one here that a lot of people are excited about. And I got to be honest, rightfully so. ILB, inside linebacker, mm. Brian Asamoa, who's been out of late, because of an undisclosed injury, but I urge you to remember that before he left with whatever is wrong, Ivan Pace Jr., the pretty well-paid UDFA rookie from Cincinnati, was already getting first-team reps. 
So Ivan Pace didn't like gravy train off. Asamo is hurt. He's gotten a lot more reps, but both of those guys were getting first team reps. And just to be very clear, at the start of training camp, this was Brian Asamo's job. Mm-hmm. This is a real competition. And I'm not calling it, but I am saying if you don't think that the joint practices and heck, the preseason games too are important, you're absolutely crazy. Now, I keep getting notes about, no, uh, Pace will start for Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks is going to lose. Brian Flores wants the stability. I'm not saying Jordan Hicks plays every down, okay? But Jordan Hicks has a roster spot because Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, Jordan Hicks, he wants the stability of guys who know what they're doing. And if you take Jordan Hicks out and put, let's say, Pace and Asamoah, Side by side, you're inviting potential disaster. That Asamoa pace job is going to be one of causing chaos. It's going to be one of being in the right place at the right time, but that's going to change a ton. Jordan Hicks is going to be, think of Jordan Hicks as the pillar. He's going to be the reliable guy there, but he's not super fast, and that's not great, but that's okay. But the other job of the ILB in this defense is going to be to mix things up. I think this is one of the most intriguing races. And I, I honestly think that the next two weeks are going to essentially decide who's on the field on September 10th, provided Asamoah returns from whatever is ailing him right now. What are the chances that Ivan Pace is just the ultimate Mr. Man- he, he'd be the Mr. Mankato at this point, right? There's, oh, yeah. There's like there's no way. There's there's other candidates. but I mean, Makai Blackman would challenge him as a third-round pick, but Pace is too good a story. It, it's a great story. So what are the chances that we're all just falling in love with a great story and he's getting he's getting we're, he's always he's with the starters yeah. right but like they really only had one actual NFL linebacker really I mean it's not like it would imagine if a wide receiver was getting oh my god there's a guy getting reps next to Justin Jefferson when they already have all these other guys are we just falling in love with a great story or do you think he's set to be a, just a guy that seven rounds worth of teams missed on, and now he's going to be a starting NFL linebacker. If I knew what this defense was going to provide exactly, I might say it's a good story, but just back off. But here's the thing about what Flores is doing. Like, this is chaos. He wants guys that are young and fast. And, again, I don't think he cares who was drafted. So Asamoah is the favorite here. But, you know, but uh, Booth or Scene – or in this case, Asamoa might be crazy draft picks, but I'm pretty sure Brian Flores has complete control here. And if you watch, and Phil, you, you've been a, to two or three practices, you've seen what this defense is doing. Ivan Pace fits that mold. Mm-hmm. Like he is a, I would, I would call him this. He's a hybrid safety. Like at his size, he looks like a safety. But the Vikings want to cause as much confusion as possible. Do I think that there are going to be heavy rotations on defense? Absolutely. So it's not like Pace is going to be out there all the time. But do I think that there's a chance that in the mind of Brian Flores, Ivan Pace Jr. overtakes what he perceives Asamoah can bring, especially if Asamoah is hurt? Yes. So, like, I am way more open to interpretation here because of what we don't know about what Flores is going to do. And I think Flores loves it that way. Can I say, too, that coverage is going to be the thing that we've seen Ivan Pace in college and now in training camp practices and preseason games. We see him attack in the run game, move forward. We saw, you know, the amount of times he created pressure at Cincinnati uh, on blitzes and whatever. I just, I, I, and 
Tennessee maybe will provide some opportunities here this week. Moving backwards, moving side to side, covering tight ends. Kendricks was great at when when he, he was in his prime, right? Yeah, but was not right. great at last year. And You're it right. was a, the middle of the field and linebackers not being able to keep up with foot speed was a huge problem. But it's not yeah. just foot speed, too. It's it's just sometimes it's like it's arms. It's it, it, There's different things that go into it. And Ivan Pace, there's, there is a reason why he wasn't drafted. And I'm wondering if we haven't seen that reason exposed yet. And maybe, maybe I'd like to see Tennessee throw a bunch of stuff out there and let's see if these guys can sink or swim. And sure. Ivan, Ivan Pace is at the top of that list for me. I want to know, is he for real? Why is he, why is he just, why is he just like, okay, 250 picks go by and like this guy's just available. And now he's one of size. the best players in the Vikings defense. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I think it's size. And, and there, there was at least one play against the Seahawks on Thursday where he definitely um, did not look good in coverage, but here, so so here's the conundrum though. Going back to your point from like six months ago, there's no guarantee Asamo was great there either. Yeah. So so like this might be. Can you disguise things up as much as possible? And which one? Like, there's a chance that especially against the pass, dropping into coverage, neither one of those guys is going to be great at first. So which one is the best right now? Mm-hmm. Because I think one of them is going to play. I don't think they're going to go out and get another guy to play. Now, I do I do think it's important to reiterate again, there's going to be a lot of rotation here. Like, there's going to be a lot of guys to play. Um, but – and this is where Hicks becomes important too because he's going to have to be sort of, for Asamoah and or Pace, a coach on the field because he's going to be able to tell them what they need to do without necessarily having the speed to get there himself. Yeah. Interesting stuff. All right, let's keep moving here. Uh, we've got two position battle groups left. What's your number five? All right, my number five is safety four. So safety one, obviously Harrison Smith. Safety two, starter Cam Bynum. Safety three, Josh Metellus, who's going to play, I think, a lot. They're, they're going to use a big nickel and a big dime. Like, they're going to find a lot of ways to incorporate wow. Josh. And, and, and by the way, you know, in this case, Josh and Ivan Pace are going to probably be playing at the same depths a lot. Like, mm. again, this is, a, this is driven by the ability to have guys that are hybrid safety linebackers. So this gets to be safety four because when training camp started – the backup safeties were Metellus and Seen in base, in second-team base, okay? Because Metellus is going to move around in, in the packages where he plays with the first team. But now, Theo Jackson, who, in my opinion, has had a really good camp and I think has better instincts at this point in his career than Seen does, is with Seen on the second team, which leads me to believe that that's not pressing Metellus. That's pressing Seen. So... Look, I'm not sure about you guys. I didn't see anything in the Thursday night game that led me to believe Scene can be truly trusted. And we could talk about the fact he's coming off uh, a gruesome and devastating broken leg, but the reality is this. He wasn't playing on defense before that. Yeah. Like, he is a first-round pick. He is a safety. He has, I, I don't think there's any way around this. He has disappointed them so far. So I do, I do think... And just to be very, very clear, I'm not saying he's going to be cut. He's going to make the roster. He's a first-round pick. But I do think that there is a chance that the trust from 
Brian Flores and Theo Jackson to start the season is higher than it will be in Lewis. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, even if you're not watching all the practices, whatever, like sometimes you just have to use your senses, right? This was one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. They have a bunch of positions wide open. They have a new defensive coordinator that's bringing in a clean slate of, of uh, opinion on every player. Right. Mm-hmm. And even with all of that opportunity, Lewisine is still nowhere near starting or being trustworthy enough to start. Exactly. So that's that kind of kind of says it all. It doesn't mean that he can't ever improve and be a starter, but that's where we're at going into his second full season in the NFL. And when the Vikings telecast criticizes you, you're not playing well. And Pete Bursich made a couple of comments about his tackling technique. Like there, I think there are some very simplistic things he doesn't do right. Yeah. And like when you get here, I don't know that those like like there's a ton of nuanced things that become important. But I think when you get here and like your tackling technique is off, the coaches are probably like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. And then, all right, the sixth and final yep. position yep. group battle. Defensive line, may I suggest this is for defensive line competition spots number five and six. And this is the a three-way battle of the pronunciations. Jaqueline and Roy, who has been out injured, who is a, um, I believe, a fifth-round pick, yeah. Usezi Otamewu, he has a new pronunciation. I thought it was Otamewu, but it's now Otamewu. And Ross Blacklock. Okay. who I have thought was going to get cut, traded for, I think they sent a six-round pick to the Houston Texans last year, but he's seen playing time. So I think that this is a three-way competition for on the depth chart for two spots. Um, the fact that Roy has missed time certainly hurts him. He's a fifth-round pick. I'm guessing you could get him through to the practice squad, Phil. Not positive, but I think that, yeah. that you could. Uh, Ota Mewu, I think, is going to make it. So this might come down to Roy and Blacklock. And Blacklock, again, they traded for him, so they definitely liked him. Uh, I've been saying for a couple of weeks I think he's the odd man out. But with Roy being out now, I'm not positive. And I do think that for that Roy needs to get back or that there's a very good chance Blacklock uh, gets ahead of Roy and makes the 53 out of training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's yeah, it's one of the positions that they just don't have a lot of dominant players or depth at. Right. They're just kind of hoping for they're hoping for guys to step up and be quality starters for one. I mean, Harrison Phillips and Dean Lowry, I guess, are reliable enough. Uh, Tonga played well in some limited snaps last year. But but beyond that, it's like, all right, are there NFL players here that you could trust for 250 or 300 snaps at some point? At some point, they will have to draft a first or second round interior defensive lineman, I think, who can maybe even make a push and get after opposing quarterbacks. They don't have a whole lot of that right now in that position group. I am concerned about, at this point, too, to go back to what you just talked about, the run defense as well. Like, I like what Pace does to blow plays up, but I'm talking about, like, Tonga. I'm talking about that line. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And and it's hard. To, that's That's tough to tell because it's all interior play until games actually start. But like, if I was to prioritize what I'm concerned about, um, cause I do think that they'll get pressure. I think they've got pressure packages, which is going to help the corners a little bit, Yeah. but, but let's just say flat out when teams run, are you going to stop them? 
That's I'm concerned about that. And I don't yeah, know the answer. I agree. I agree. It's it, it's possible that they that like run blitzes become a way on a on, a, on occasion. Right? How, how could you say run blitz and not hit it? Football. Thank you. We'll see. We'll see what Brian Flores has up his sleeve. It's it's not going to go from you know one of the worst defenses to a top five defense overnight. They're going to be leaky. I yep. think you hope that maybe the aggressiveness can force some extra turnovers, some extra you know third and longs, fourth and punts, whatever. And we'll see. But wow, there it is, Judd bringing the camp notes today. So if you're going out there the next day. two days, if you're going out to practice, keep an eye on those battles as you watch the joint practices. RB two, CB three, WR two, three and five. ILB2, S4, and DL56. If you had those on your position battle bingo card, congratulations. You you win today. Uh, if you have federated insurance on your bingo card, it means that you have great frontline protection for your business. All right, They've been around for over 100 years, helping business owners maximize their success through risk management tools and resources. If you are a next-generation business owner, maybe you are... Uh, taking over a business from your family or your parents or whatever it is, Federated works very closely with next generation business owners here too. So check them out at federatedinsurance.com. Find out why so many companies rave about the work that they do. And uh, remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys, great stuff here. A little off day for the Vikings, but not an off day for Uh, Judd's camp notes. Camp notes don't rest. They just wait. Wow. Daily Vikings Entertainment here with Judd Zolgad, Chuck Norris, and Declan Goff. See ya. (laughs) 